So I'm listening to the birds outside. I'm looking at the sun up in the sky. The sky is ultra blue. You wouldn't guess that just a few hours ago, it was pouring down heavily out here. It's absolutely ridiculous. Your garden definitely doesn't need to be watered. Mm-hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure that it's probably good for today and tomorrow. I'm fairly certain the bird bath is like up to its brim. So I, I did see the two cardinals out there uh, earlier when I went out there after stepping out of the bed and realizing just how much pain I'm in. So uh, you definitely your workout for me is. Uh, it's good because it's it's pushing me. It hurts. And it's it's a hurt I like, but it's a hurt I'm like, oh, it's a hurt. <laughs> so uh, where did you get it? Where did you get the workout plan? Just I just made it. I There's so many things that, that I save on Pinterest. Uh, like in one of the, one of the um, oh gosh, what are they? They call the groups of pins. That you can group the pins together and organize them in different things. Okay. Into like... There's a name for it on there. I can't think of it right now, but you save it to those groups and everything. So I keep my Pinterest extremely organized, and it like it's bugging me right now just because a couple of the things uh, they like, and I'm I do this on all of the social media that I have. I save things into folders when they let you have folders and like different groups. Like even on TikTok, they had introduced that a couple of months ago now, and so all of my I'll, like if I save edits of things, I'll save it to whatever character in particular mm-hmm. in an edit folder, and then you know, food I want to make is one on TikTok, and drinks I want to make is one on TikTok, and you know, just things like that. Garden stuff is one, and then like on my gardening Instagram account, I have chickens, I have um, baking, I have meals, I have um, garden plant info, I have seed starting, like, I have all these different things, so when people make something that's helpful, that's what I save it to, and on Pinterest, it's, like, the the most in-depth one that I have, because you can put tabs inside of the groups that you're already saving things to, mm-hmm. so I have a food tab that I save everything to, and in that, I have meals and snacks, drinks, um, bread in, in its own separate thing, and, like, all this different stuff, and one of them I have is workouts, and so I've just been saving things as like 89 or so pins in my workout tab. And a lot of them I realized going through it because I was like, oh, I'll just look through that. And I looked through a lot of it and I was like, man, this is all for women. <laughs> like, I can't, like, yeah. even though I enjoy these things, I can't just put all of those together for you because you wouldn't be able to do most of those things because they have to do with flexibility in particular, oh, yeah. which is where am, my expertise yeah, is. I am not a flexible person. I, we joke around that, like, I'm a mountain goat. I'll walk on the most uneven surfaces just fine. Yeah. And then you get me on something flat and normal, and I'll just fall down <laughs> for no reason. Like, like I, it's just, it's it's crazy. Like, we, we go to the levee over at uh, Lake, Lake Jacksonville, right? We get on those rocks. I have no problem. I had no problem going down those rocks, down the hill. That's, what, a 50-degree, 45-degree, easy, very, you know, very, very steep, steep. <laughs> loose rocks the whole way down. I go down, I go up, no problems. I've got my my tackle bag, I've got my tackle backpack, two mm-hmm. fishing poles on me, a chair, and I'm holding two things of worms. No problem, right? I get up there, I lower the tailgate, <laughs> I, and once we're up on the flat surface, lower the tailgate, go to pull the bag off my shoulder, what happens? You almost fell. No, I did. I fell flat on my butt. I just got up fast enough before you could tell what happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I just kept my mouth shut, looked around like I got away with something. So, yeah, no, straight up. But, you know, and so, yeah, you've got these workouts like and it's definitely uh, my three ACL and meniscal surgeries. I can feel the the arthritis in in my knee. Definitely there. And uh, yeah, those especially the was it the burpees that that got me. I don't remember. I just remember it was. Yeah, <laughs> quite a few of them got you. Yeah, we started off, and I I think oh, that the stinking jump rope got me. Yeah, yeah, I think what I'm going to do is because the for for everybody listening, the way that I have it set up is Saturday and Sunday are off days because we tend to do a lot more other stuff on Saturdays and Sundays mm-hmm. between the girls and getting the things done that we're not spending the week doing, um, and then you know relaxing when we do finally have that opportunity to relax. And so Monday through Friday are workout days. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, we've got Monday uh, is arms, Wednesday is legs, and Friday is abs, and then Tuesday and Thursday are full body workouts um, mm-hmm. with high in, high intensity interval training. So hit 
workouts. I love HIIT workouts because I think that it makes me feel like I did something. Like, I'm way better at doing cardio and things like that because it, I feel it. Like, I'm mm-hmm. heavy breathing. I feel like, a, you know, I did something that day, which is why, like, you know, yesterday morning I just was like, you know what? I'm just going to mow the lawn because it needs to be done and I just, I'm tired of it looking like that. And, hey, it's a workout. Now, the whole point is that I'm a lot more active in the spring and summer months than I am in, you know, towards the end of fall and winter because – it gets cold and Mm -hmm. I don't do anything outside because it's cold and nothing's growing. So I can't like do yard work. And like, so it's just, I I don't do anywhere near as much stuff. And then I continue to eat the same, if not worse when it's cold outside. So it's like, I, I, you know, was getting frustrated at myself because I was gaining weight and I was just feeling it. Like we were doing, we did that hike when we went mushroom hunting over spring break. And I was mad at myself because I was like, why am I out of breath? This is not something that that ever wins me. And so I was happy, but at the same time I was frustrated because I was like, this is not, there never in a million years would I ever go walking and feel winded. So I was mad. And so I was like, nope, that's not happening. I'm going to be doing stuff at some point. Every single day I have to do something that's going to be you know, more active than usual. I don't want to close out my workout ring on my watch every single time by doing a workout. I want it to be closed because I'm doing something else that's, you know, making me, my my watch go, hey, you're working out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, And so mowing the lawn is one of them. And easily, when I do stuff like that, I can burn a thousand calories in a day, like, no, no problem plus more from whatever else i'm doing i mean like just you know normal activity mm-hmm. and so like i wanted to aim towards doing something like that with you know that that's why those workouts help because it's like those when i do arms or i do legs or i do abs it's like I, that one part of me is like ah you did something but mm-hmm. i like my whole body to feel like oh that. my whole body feels it you <laughs> so. literally i i pulled the the blankets back there and my abs went hey good morning <laughs> <laughs> and i was like hi i was like ow that hurt and they were like oh wait they haven't woken up yet and i was like what and it's like you'll see and i got a little scared then turned sideways and my legs were like ah <laughs> so yeah like i got up and i was like oh yeah this is this is pain my biceps my triceps my pecs are good like yeah no don't get me wrong that was great and i'll adjust it don't don't change it like do not let me hurt I don't. I am not one of those people who is against hurting. I am all for hurting. Okay. Well, the, the, it's one thing for you to hurt. It's another thing for you to physically be incapable of doing something because of something out of your control. Mm. Your knees and your shin splints. Oh yeah. Are not your fault. So it's like that. That is what I'm looking at. Like if you can't do something because of that, I want it to be changed. Sure. Not everything else because it's hard for you. Uh, those things in particular. I'm looking at changing the hit workouts. To, there's this there's a lady that I follow or I subscribe to on YouTube mm-hmm. that when I was getting up and doing the workouts with the girls we were doing her workouts and uh, she her channel name is Mad Fits um, and all of the, everything that she posts is super like she she's got things that she posts that like certain people that are subscribed to her will use mm-hmm. and other things other people and so like she has specific workouts that are full body hit workouts that are soft on the knees specifically so there's no jumping and so it's like but it's still a full body hit workout so it's like things i can go through things like that and go through and write down all the things she does in there and then you can do you know workouts from from those no and that's totally fine i'm just i'm looking at everything going okay i'll get this i'll make this work i'll get this i'll make this work <laughs> but yeah i'm not gonna I'm, the, the things that bring sharp pain are not things that are like the sore workout pain yeah um and so i, I mean i know the difference but i'm talking about like my muscles all hurt. Like I, I don't know what I did that worked out my lower back, but I feel my lower back <laughs> muscles for like the first time in a long time. And I'm like, okay. And then you're like, Hey, I'm going to make sure that the ab workout ones aren't happening when you liar <laughs> the ab workouts happened. Like, well, so it's like, you know, I mean, but, like just cause you haven't even done, we're still on the first week and yeah. this is day three. We haven't even done it yet. I haven't like, been working out. I've been trying to lean up on just the foods that I'm eating and, you know, um, got plateaued and it was like okay and i didn't want to work out because every time you work out and you're eating and you're working out um your your weight goes up like by about 10 pounds and i'm like i don't want to do that but you know my body's at that point where it's like no we work out we get stronger we don't work out we get weaker you don't have a choice buddy it's one of one of the two and it's like okay you know cranking was cranking the dirt uh, that we had gotten uh last week mm-hmm. and i was like 
what why is this no <laughs> this 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 is hard <laughs> and mm-hmm. so i was like no that's that's not right i was thinking about uh like a, getting a rowing machine or something along those lines because we don't something we don't have and rowing machines are a good non-impact because the treadmill now i don't know what's going on with our treadmill so that e3 warning that it's giving but we've already lubricated you lubed it i lubed it and it's like that's what it says it is so I thought that there was some kind of reset you had to do to it, like button pressing. That that's what we had you did when we first got it, it and then we probably, just made sure. I probably forgot. <laughs> so. <laughs> I'm sure that we there's something because you're supposed to reset it every time you do lube it, so that it knows that you did it. Because it's just going off of hey, it's been however many hours it's supposed okay. to be before it does. It, like it doesn't have a sensor on it; it just has a timer in it going. Oh, you've used it this much or this many hours. Now it's time to relube it. Okay, so yeah, I'm we'll, pretty sure we'll that's what it is. Look it up and, and do it again. I'm pretty sure that's what I had to do last time. Just like I have to, we had to look up the whole thing with the fish finder because mm-hmm. the, to make the fish finder work, we need to remember that. When we go out on the boat here very shortly. So, <laughs> but with that said, welcome to the afternoon dive on the stupid podcast on everything where I'm Joey and I'm Kiki and we talk about everything and nothing all at the same time. This afternoon is kind of my corner because we're going to talk about we get to talk about economics, government, how things affect us, what things are going on, good news, bad news, all kinds of fun stuff. And I actually want to go ahead and let everybody know I'm planning on ending today on good news because there's there's some bad stuff that we got to talk about. But the good news is I, I want to tell you that treasure hunting is definitely alive and well right now. And uh, so I'm going to talk to you about somebody who found a ma- got a retirement um, off of a cheap gold uh, uh, metal detector and just a shovel and retired <laughs> literally. So in one shot. So, yeah, pretty awesome. But there's a, a lot of stuff that's going on that we want to talk about. One, because I know he's literally been kept out of the headlines in what's going on and so i i kind of want to make sure that everybody does know what's going on um and for those of you who don't know um ftx was a cryptocurrency fraud it was a scheme it was a scam and uh sam uh, i hate saying his full name sam bankman fried freed whatever you want to call him sbf okay mm-hmm. Um, officially he's sitting with now a total of 14 charges and the, (sighs) the, yeah. Oh yeah. But they don't want to say anything because there's a lot of concern. And I'm going to, I'm going to tell you that I think that, uh, I am feeling like Sam Bankman freed is going to end up in the same prison cell that Jeffrey Epstein ended up in for a night. So because his latest charge is um, a violation of the Foreign Corrupt uh, Practices Act of 1977, where he had, uh, all of this has obviously been accused of, okay? None of this has been proven yet, so I'm just going to say that out there, but everything kind of leans towards it. SBF apparently had directed his employees um, to pay a bribe of $40 million in 2021, to regain control of a billion dollars in assets that were frozen by the Chinese government. So it was literally the, so the act was there to stop people from bribing <laughs> foreign officials. And he literally did the textbook definition <laughs> of what the act said. Don't do now understand that the, the, you know, the foreign corrupt practices act was, very clear and concise and was set up in such a way that I could not invite Xi Jinping over to our house for dinner without that being considered a bribe. Okay. So when, whenever you see foreign dignitaries and this is, this is weird. And I thought about this, I was like, Oh, okay. Whenever you see foreign dignitaries that are invited to the U S or U S is invited to, you will never hear them say, hey, come on over. We'll give you some egg rolls and we're going to you're going to stay here. No, they just do it. So you just show up there. Basically, unless somebody else in your consulate or group or whatever knows what's going on, you don't know everything going on because okay. that could be considered a bribe to get you to come out. If I sat there and said because, you know, people were doing slick little things like 
hey, you know what? I want to go ahead and get this foreign dignitary out here who's in charge of ener energy decisions in this foreign country. So, hey, why don't you come on out here and, uh, you know, you'll come out, you'll stay here, and I'll give you a Lamborghini. Whoopsie, right? But then so what people were doing to be slick was, hey, why don't you come on out here? And then come on out here. And it's like, oh, would you like to test drive this Lamborghini? All right, great. I'll have it for you when you know when you get home. That's perfectly legal. But SBF was too damn stupid to even go that route. And so literally directed his employees in a recorded communication to bribe $40 million to the Chinese government in order to release assets that he had so that he would be able to have 40 an extra billion dollars in equity. And so this yeah, this brings him up to you know 14 different charges. And you know he's and and on four of those charges by the way, he hasn't even been arraigned on yet that were brought up in, brought in in February. So and this whole time, you know where he's been? Mm. His parents home. Literally. Wait, oh yeah. He's no, he he is on house arrest at his parents' house. And after after a record setting two hundred and fifty million dollar bail was was uh, staked in December. Now, for those of you who don't understand, two hundred fifty million dollars bail doesn't mean that that SBF had to come up with two hundred fifty million dollars. SBF had to come up with twenty five million dollars, which still for somebody who is on the hook for billions of dollars in fraud the 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 fact that he was able to get out and by the way the guy has been all over the world now and you don't consider him a flight risk like anybody else if you or I look I speak Spanish okay I've been to Mexico I promise you that if I get on the hook for something and I get arrested for it and they consider me they'll they you know they are like oh he's a flight risk he speaks Spanish and has lived in Mexico will be enough for them to deny me bail. But this guy who's been all over the world met with many, many, many foreign governments and dignitaries and influential people from everywhere from the UAE to obviously China and everywhere else that he's been is, you know, on a 200 sitting at home on a $250 million bail. He came up for $25 million for to stake that he would show up for court because that's what it means. Mm hmm. And he's on house arrest at his parents' house in California. I am blown away by how soft-shoed this guy has had everything done. Could you imagine? You go If you go and you embezzle money from a bank, okay, there, there was a case where a guy figured out a little thing that allowed him to take a couple of pennies here and there from a bank. Right. Mm -hmm. They broke into that. I, I'll look it up at some point later just to put it up on the website. Um, they broke into his house, tackled him and his family to the ground to the point he had to actually go to the hospital for it before carting him off to jail, denied him bail, denied him bond, kept him in prison. He got the crap beat out of him, you know, several times he was assaulted. And we don't need to go into the details of that. Everybody use your imagination. And, you know, it ended up being that they found out that he actually had only he had just started and it was like 420 bucks. But for this guy for conspiring, the, the, well, he got they got him for conspiring because he was already doing it and conspiring to do more. So they got him to the conspire conspiracy level to be able to get it to a felony level. But this guy, billions of dollars affecting millions of people, bribing political officials overseas and what my mind honestly constitutes locally he's getting he gets to stay at his parents house he's hanging out with his folks with his folks you know and and this is what's hilarious is what the prosecutors are trying to do right now to him okay hardcore prosecutors you want to know what they're trying to do mm. they're they're literally trying to limit his access to electronic devices what is, is he playing rust too much is he is he you know, is is he sitting there and just, you know, playing Mario Kart at the house? You don't like it? Is he surfing the web? I can't imagine the guy's, you know, feeling pretty popular on Reddit right now. <laughs> so, because he was a very active user on Reddit and several other social media sites. 
but they want that's that's what they're doing. So this hardcore guy who has stripped billions of dollars from people has sent millions of of dollars to a political party to push an agenda was you know trying to well who didn't try sounds like he bribed a foreign a, a foreign country that we are now basically going to be at war with there's everybody's afraid to say it but we are we are at the beginning stages of war and it's ridiculous and so this guy and we're like okay but you know he's at his parents house playing a little bit of xbox and we're like mm, you know what we want to stop you from using using no not even stop him from using they're li- trying to limit his access which means they're not saying you can't access electronic devices they're just trying to limit his access to electronic devices so what do we want him to only be like three hours on netflix is that is that what we're we're trying to do billions of dollars but you know oh my gosh if you're caught speeding what happens right mm-hmm. cops pull you over screaming at you like you have any idea how dangerous it was and i'm like okay <laughs> you know and it's like and if you're not you know prostate bef- uh, before them uh prostrate i believe that's okay <laughs> anyways <laughs> not prostate <laughs> if you're not prostrate before them, then, you know, they ch- they'll put you in jail. They'll put you in cuffs. They don't play around. But this guy, billions of dollars, it sounds like he he's he's pushed an agenda. And you know what? Here here it is. I look at that and I go, so he had years to enjoy a billionaire's lifestyle. Years. You know what we talked about how long you'd go to jail and like how how long would you go to jail for 50 million dollars remember that yeah. would you go to jail for 10 10 years for 50 million dollars and what was your answer no really i thought it was i thought you it was changed like, it to two years oh two years i'm sorry okay so you'd go to jail for fi- for two years for 50 million dollars yeah what how long would you be willing to go to jail if you got to live like a billionaire for years and then you know you had 25 million dollars just laying around that you were able to post up on stake as a bond that you know for going to your court dates and staying at your parents home how much i don't know i probably do 10 years for that mm-hmm. he's not gonna do 10 years no way Absolutely not. They are literally giving him the soft shoe treatment. So either he knows enough information that people are treating him right, or he knows enough information that they're just laying out the chum in the water until the fish goes into the trap, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's honestly, I, I, I'm not shocked. And, and nobody's reporting about it. Everybody's reporting about Tennessee. And Tennessee is a horrible situation. And we've talked about it. We talked about it as a horrible situation. Nothing has changed from it being a horrible situation. We we here at Stupid Podcast on Everything believe that the answer isn't taking away the tools. The answer is helping people. What did come to light was that the person went to multiple shops, gun shops, in one day. She went to multiple shops in one day purchasing guns. Red flag laws should have been up everywhere. And... You know, nobody did anything. They just were like, okay. They they let her buy them. But she went to multiple gun, multiple shops. She knew what she was doing. Mm-hmm. That's the problem. And this is the problem that people aren't getting. It's not like she walked into one place and went, I need seven guns. Can I get fully auto guns? No. Can I buy a fully automatic gun? No. You know, okay, well, I need seven guns. How fast can I get them? Okay, that's a red flag. Yeah. Right? That didn't happen. Walked into a place, bought a gun, walked into another place, bought some ammo, walked into another place, got another gun, so on and so forth. Very cold and calculated about it. So red flag laws, honestly, wouldn't have done and didn't do anything. This this person was 
struggling and and I, I want to say this because this was something that oh Mike and Terry I wish I knew where you guys were <laughs> but it was something that they had said to me a long time ago now for those of you who don't know and haven't been listening to our podcast long enough well, I used to work in my mom's antique short uh, my mom's antique shop and I used to do restorations and work around there and clean up and just do basic things um, that I was able to do. Mike and Terry were, were, were a gay couple and they were amazing. They were really friendly with me. Um, they had a bunch of armoires and I would often get to find the hardware for them, restore them, you know, uh, strip them, had a, you know, they, they, they gave me money. They paid for it. I don't know why I'm afraid to say that stuff. Literally, I would go to their place and I would be able to restore things when I wasn't at my mom's antique shop and they paid me instead of my mom. And my mom, I never told my mom and I've been afraid of that for whatever reason. So that's ridiculous. But I sat there and I, and I, I had talked about with uh, Terry specifically because Terry was, uh, he was, I can't remember if he was a psychiatrist or a psychologist and I still have a hard time discerning between the two. I know one can prescribe medications and one can't. But I was, you know, 14. So, and I remember that I had asked him, I, I sat there and it was like, you know, he felt like, yeah, everything, they were accepted as, as gay. And I was like, that's good. And he goes, it's, it is, it's just is. He goes, whether something's acceptable or not, it doesn't change what mental problems you have behind it. He said that. So a gay man of, you know, 40 years old, said that to me and he wasn't saying that being gay was a was a mental problem what he was saying was you everybody has their mental demons and everybody has them and when people are told that you oh do this and it's going to fix you and then it doesn't that's the struggle right people are told hey if you get the surgery you're going to be better people are told if you have white teeth you're going to feel better People are told if you weigh a certain amount, you fit a certain physique, you do this, you do that, you're going to feel better, right? Mm-hmm. How how often is that the truth? Oh God, no! It for some people it works, but some people they don't have as much expectation, so it's mm-hmm. not. I feel like some people do things and and try to fit certain social norms for their own sake. And mm-hmm. when they get that, they're happy. But some people and most people do it for other people's sake. And then they're never going to be happy because somebody's always going to say something. And so when people lie to you and they tell you that it's just the next surgery, it's just the next procedure, it's just the next jab, it's just the next hair dye, it's just the next alteration, it's just the next piercing, it's just the next ink, it's just the next on all these things are going to make you feel better. And you get to that point where you're pursuing it and it doesn't work. You, you you box these people into a corner. You know, I talked about it before that that a large amount of people who have been involved in these mass shootings have been transgender or have been, you know, some form of dysmorphia or something along those lines. I'm not saying that because I'm saying, ha ha, look down at them and the community in any way, shape or form. What I'm looking at is, hey, you know, and these people clearly need help. And the problem is, is that what do you have? You have these, you have plastic surgeons who tell you, oh, hey, you know what? You should get bigger tits. Mm-hmm. Bigger tits will make you feel better. Oh, yeah. There's the one one plastic surgeon that was on uh, TikTok that sat there and uh, without consent. Um, oh, gosh, I'm forgetting. I'm blanking on her name. The older sister mm-hmm. in Stranger Things. Okay. Nancy. Uh-huh. The actress, she took a picture of her and basically said what would make her look better if she were to get plastic surgery and what she would do to her if she wanted plastic surgery because, and just sat there for an entire three minute TikTok video Mm. and went on about everything that she would do to her face to make her look better. Oh, no hate to her or anything at all. You know, she's beautiful the way she is, but I'm just saying, it's like, well, then you're not saying she's beautiful the way she is. So, but it's like, yeah, people are doing that constantly. Mm -hmm. It just, ugh, that made me so grossed out. Yeah. And, 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 and it's like, I, and I, I want to explain this is when you feed something and you insist on what you're feeding is the right way to feed somebody, you have an effect on them. Look, if you eat nothing but sauerkraut, and I mean your entire diet is nothing but sauerkraut for a year, 
you are going to have an effect on your body. <laughs> yeah. Okay. A massive effect. So, and, and I bring this because what you feed your brain is so much more impactful than what you feed your body. And when you sit there and you tell somebody and you sit and you say, hey, you know what? You need to save up for this surgery. And, and then you'll be okay. You need people to acknowledge that you are where you are and then you'll be okay. You need to wear this outfit and get everybody in society to accept you. You need to get people to accept your pronouns and then you'll be okay. And then all of a sudden people do it. It's never, it's not an issue about being gay or straight anymore. Yeah, no, it never, <laughs> it hasn't been, it hasn't been for so long. No. All the people that are spouting about it now mm-hmm. have not lived in a generation no. or in a That's world. My generation that, yeah, folks, it, you know, it's like my generation was that transition. My generation came from, you know, fear. Everybody was afraid because it was, it was, we had two things. You were gay. You had AIDS. That was literally the, 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 the conservative party had that ingrained into more than 70% of Americans that homosexuality was considered high risk and put you at risk of having AIDS and anybody around you of having AIDS. So people were reacting out of fear, but then education happened and slowly people were like, wait, okay, you know what? No. It's sexually trans. AIDS is a sexually transmitted disease. That's it. AIDS isn't a gay disease. AIDS. We we were told all kinds of things. AIDS happened because gay men went out and and banged monkeys, or had monkeys banging them. That's and then we were told so it was weird, you know, right? And but I was a kid. Yeah, with no, all of this crazy you had stuff, a malleable so, brain. Yeah, absolutely. And they were feeding it to all of these. That's and what they do. That's why they do it to with like the Project mm-hmm. Red or Project Alert and all of the don't do drugs things. Those aren't things that you hear as an adult. Right. They don't do these mass campaigns for you once you're an adult because you already made those decisions and you're going to either get over it, fix it, whatever. Like you are, you're an adult. Mm-hmm. They do it right on that cusp. Right at the beginning of mm-hmm. you getting into your teenage years, because that's when all of your hormones are changing, and that's when you're trying to figure out who you are. So they feed you as much information as they can mm-hmm. to give you that fear mongering and f- make you terrified of things, so that you don't go, "Ah, oh, man, yeah, this is normal." You had mm-hmm. so many kids going into being, you know, a teenager, starting to learn, "Hey, I'm having feelings." And they said, "Well, don't have feelings for guys because you're a guy, and that's bad, and you'll get AIDS and you'll die." And yeah. it was, whoa. Oh, yeah. 100%. <laughs> like, and, and when I came out to one of my friends that I had been raped, and I tried to, at six years old, we went and watched this video about being molested and being raped. And I went to one my best friend, and I'm never going to say his name, just never, and because uh, I hurt so much. And I sat there and I went, I went, hey, because it was, if you've been assaulted, if this has happened to you, Tell somebody they're not going to make fun of you. They're going to get you help and you'll get go get other people involved. And I went to him and I said, hey, I was raped. And his exact words. So that mean that mean you're a faggot. Six years old. I literally was telling a friend of mine and that that was it. So I didn't tell anybody until after high school. That was it. I kept it, you know, and then when I when I, I went and got help, I sought help and I got help and it was good help. And, and I just sat there one day and I went, I'm just going to talk about it. Like it's just been a normal thing that I'm just over and I'm going to get over it. And I did. And it did. And it worked. Now, do do you see it affect me at all? Mm -mm. uh, Literally there is like, don't get me wrong. It has guided things in my decisions in life and my hackles go up whenever, you know, I'm in a situation where I don't like where my daughters are or anything else like that. And it's like, those things will always be there because of it. But I don't sit there and go, you don't understand because you've never been raped. I'm just, so that's like when now when people sit there and, and they're like, when they say those words to me, I'm like, yes, I have. And I got through it and I can help you get through it. Or I can at least tell you how I got through it and how it worked for me, you know, and it was just and people are like, what, what, what you've been raped? Yeah, I've been raped. I've been abused. I've been assaulted. I've been stabbed. I've been homeless. I'm like, I've been shot. <laughs> You know, I I have done horrible things in my life and I've had horrible things in my life done to me. I haven't. I don't hide about any of them. 
I stand right to them. And where I was a horrible person, I absolutely take that. I was a horrible person. Left to my own devices, I could be a horrible person. And I would be a horrible person. But, you know, we what we're doing now as a society is we're telling everybody, you have to accept me the way I am. But instead of saying, no, let's get help. Let's make sure this is really where you're, you're going to be. Why, why, do you, why do you need this? Why is it important for me to use your pronoun rather than your name? Why? why? Why is it so much more important to you that rather than me just looking at you as a person and, and accepting you for a person and whatever you want to do and whatever you want to look like and whatever you want to wear and whatever you want to eat, that I have to come out and say I support you for you to feel relevance. But then when it's said, it's not enough. Maybe because I'm not the problem. Oh, I hate that mentality. And that's the biggest thing. I think I've mentioned it before. I don't understand. As somebody that had an entire phase, and I'm not mm-hmm. saying, and I'm by saying that I'm not saying that it's a phase for everybody. So don't sit there and say, oh, wow, no. It was a phase for me. And I'm. it's... It, I went through a phase of genuinely sitting there and going, you know what? I think I'm gender fluid or I think that I'm a guy. Or, and I didn't mm-hmm. feel like I needed everybody little. else. Huh? Or little. Things like that. Yeah. I didn't feel like I needed everybody else to ref- refer to me as a guy or as gender fluid. I didn't go around telling people that I needed them to refer to me as they them or he him or anything other than she her because that's not what I identify as or mm-hmm. anything like that because at the end of the day it was my decision yeah and the people that I told hey this is what I'm doing I don't care if you do this or not because it's not for you and that's mm-hmm. literally how I felt about it it was never I never got mad at anybody because they're like uh you're not a guy and I'd be like okay yeah and it's it's, it's like, not it's not up to you. So why should I let it affect me? If anybody came up to me and they're like, "Hey, what are your pronouns?" I would be like, "You can just call me Joey," like because I I see that stuff all the time, and it's like I even see it online in some of the groups I'm in, and one of my one of my parosmia groups. Oh my gosh, I have to tell those people. I'm still <laughs> okay. One of my parosmia groups. I was I was like, "Hey, you know," somebody was like, "Well, you you need to figure out how to address people first. I'm like, "No, they have a name. I'll address them by their name." Well, maybe they don't go by their name. Then they should change it. Like, literally, if somebody's if somebody's name was he, him on Facebook and I was going to reply to him, I would hit reply. And guess what happens? It replies as him. I'm, I don't care about that. But that's but see, this is the thing. We're not getting those aren't the problems. These are symptoms of the problem. There is something wrong. There is something wrong when a 28-year-old degreed employed graphic designer snaps and inside one week makes the decision that she is going to go grab a bunch of guns and kill children. There is something wrong. Mm -hmm. Society failed. The guns didn't fail. The tools don't fail. It's the people. It's our society that's failing. We are failing. Why do we have such an outlandish homeless issue right now? Why? Why do we have an actual percentage of a population that is living on the streets and nobody's stopping them? Do you know one of the things that got me off the street was knowing that if the cops found me, I was going to jail. Yeah. 1992. Cops found you, you were going to jail. And they would send you to jail because it's public vagrancy. And you would go to jail. And I did not want to go to jail again. (laughs) So I was like, I don't want to go to jail. And so I hid and I got my and, and it was part of the motivation that got me off the street. But what do we have now? We literally have people who were were saying, hey, it's it's okay to be homeless. And it's okay for you guys to collectively get around each other. And it's okay for you guys to do a bunch of drugs together. And it's okay for you guys to rape each other. And it's okay for you guys to be lawless in your own community. And it's okay for you to steal from other people. And it's okay for you to take a dump out in the middle of the street. And it's okay for you to do all of these things. Rather than saying, hey, let's fix this. You know, 
we have a mental health issue in this country. Nobody wants to fix it. The Democrats are using this this as a platform to try to disarm people. But it's not just the Democrats. We have a government that wants to disarm you. If you don't get that, you have a problem. Your government wants you disarmed. Why? Because a disarmed people are easy to control. You are ha- we're having food issues. We're having trucking issues. Oh my gosh, the, the trucking market right now is abysmal. Why? Because nobody's buying anything. Nobody's selling anything. Nobody's manufacturing anything. Nobody's distributing anything. Amy is now on her way back here going to make a delivery in San Antonio from New Jersey for $2,900. Because it's the only thing we could find. I have been talking to truckers and trucking companies and, and other people right and left, and everybody is struggling. The oil fields are now being inundated with truckers who are like, I never wanted to do this with my truck because the oil fields ruin your trucks. They destroy your trucks. The roads are not groomed. The suspension is not not a great thing. Your trucks are undergoing heavy, heavy amounts that you can't even that aren't even street legal and you need special permits for that wear and tear on your trucks. The economy is going sideways. The dollar and, and here it is. Russia and China just signed 14 documents, which includes new peace accords between the two countries and their allies. So China is now officially aligned with Russia's allies and Russia is now officially aligned with China's allies. And they're looking at their BRICS, which is going to be their currency, their crypto, their, their specific currency backed by gold to dethrone the U.S. dollar as the national, the national, uh, international currency. And when that happens, our credit rating tanks. And when our credit rating tanks, you think the banks are bad now, the banks will suddenly not have any money to give you. It won't matter because your dollar is going to be worth about 20 cents if you're lucky. So the people who are out there right now who are seeing this go and seeing, oh my gosh, and, and, and by the way, this, this can be changed. This absolutely can. We literally, I, I'm going to tell you that you want to know the simple answer to fix this, mm. fix this in a great way back the the dollar used to be backed by OPEC meaning that the dollar was backed by oil we at one point in the very recent past were oil independent and we could be oil independent again and if we backed the dollar with that oil then we would have a tangible asset behind it and the dollar would lose value but it would lose about 20% of its value versus 80% of its value and you know what that would, what would happen? We'd be okay. But you know why that can't happen? Because environmentalists are just so against oil that they are blinded to anything except for quote-unquote renewable energy sources, even though those renewable energy sources take more energy to produce than they will ever, ever you know, uh, give back and the atrocities that go on to get those things that, that need for renewable energy to pass. Like we can go into batteries and cobalt mines and I'm going to get a couple of pictures up onto our site talking about just how bad that is. So, so that people can do it. And, and, and here it is today, officially renewable energy has passed coal for the first, for the first time in the U S which is now accounting for 21% of U.S. electricity generation. And with natural gas, s- still accounting for 39% of our power sources, right? But look at what our economy is doing as we're making this transition. Look at what we've done to get there. You, you've seen it, right? You've seen what, what people have to do to get lithium for lithium batteries. Yeah. You know, it's atrocious. It's a it's a horrible thing. But oh boy, all environmentalists care about is, you know, having windmills, not the fact that windmills leak, kill birds, and they 
fall apart after a few years, having never, never recovered the $3 million in energy it takes to produce them. And not talking about what it takes to get all the materials there, the amount mm-hmm. of, you know, of the the blades that yep. we see when we go out on the road being driven with your big old diesel engine trucks. And they just, they think, oh, While no, being but it's escorted okay. by three other vehicles yeah. at the same time. And we, we've watched, I know everybody's seen that viral video mm-hmm. of the one that got hit by the train. Yeah. That was way more of an environmental effect than, you know. And by the just way, that's just the one that was caught on film. Yeah. And there have been so many others, but People, that's just guys one that that's go been off overpasses, and the and the the tandems don't work right on the back, and so it ends up tearing the thing apart as it's going over the bridge i've seen that we've seen people who they literally just the wind catches those things because hey guess what they work against the wind the wind catches them and turns the whole thing on its side it's like it just it's it's absolutely crazy when anything happens like that just this the sheer amount of diesel that needs to be used just to be able to clean all of that up. And when you clean it all up, where does all of that go? Mm-hmm. It's not like they can just toss it, you know, a mile away, wherever, you know, it, they have to carry these things partic- in particular to a different area mm-hmm. to be properly disposed of. And then they have to have another one driven to wherever it was supposed to go. It's just like that. All of that has to be taken into account versus yep. using something that we already have. That's not having as much of an environmental effect on the world as people think. Mm hmm. And, it, and it, it's not that's and that's the problem is. And and I want you to understand something that when you replace a technology, you also have to account for the technology it's replacing and its infrastructure as being part of the side effect. Mm-hmm. So when we got rid of nuclear because people knee jerked and were idiots. Because they were and they still are. We didn't just suddenly not have stacks. Yeah. We just we suddenly didn't just not have water that couldn't be used for anything else. We didn't suddenly just be like, okay, we just turned off a switch and we're good. There's a whole repercussion that has to go from that. But windmills alone? No, they fall apart. They they overheat. They leak oil. They catch fire. They burn up. They never produce as much energy as the amount of energy it takes to make them, to ship them, to install them, and from everything. You know, and and one of the dirty, dirty little things that people talk about in environmentalism, you know what the most environmentally destructive thing that we actually have in the world is? Hmm. It isn't oil. It isn't fracking. It isn't any of that stuff. It's cement. Everything that goes into making cement is actually more environmentally devastating than anything else that we do. Look it up. Anybody who wants making it, it, having it exist in our cities is Mm -hmm. bad. You learn about that. You learn about displacement when it comes Mm -hmm. to water. Water displacement. It's a very basic elementary school lesson. When you have the world be you know grass and gravel pathing and all these other things even down to brick that water can still get through the cracks of and everything Mm -hmm. when you start having cement and you have these rain you know catching sewage systems that take all that water because it's being displaced which is why you have so many flood warnings when you have rain that doesn't stop in a city where everything is cement where's the water gonna go it can't leak through it it doesn't it doesn't it literally doesn't it won't and if everything's built properly, then sure, you can get a little bit to get, you know, out where it's supposed to be flowing into a creek. You see it all the time in California. Do not dump flows into the nearby creek and the little fish symbol next to it. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> we had just in my my neighborhood was uh, separated into two, basically, because right next to my neighborhood, we had this giant, massive creek. That had, you know, a lot of wildlife that lived around in it. And it was really cool and everything. And then it had this overflow that was right, right next to the road. Because, and right, and right at the entrance to my neighborhood, there were all these rocks. Mm-hmm. Because that's where the overflow would mostly go. Mm-hmm. One of the years, we had an insane amount of rain for absolutely no reason in particular. And that overflow waterfall was no longer a waterfall because it was overflowing everywhere. And the biggest thing that all of us were scared of is if that overflows the overflow, then we have a flood. 
and that's it and everything stops everybody's houses that are right there that's it they're about to have a foot of water in it because there's nothing they can do to stop it once it's yeah and that's all because everything around us is concrete that's the only area Mm -hmm. and that's where all of the water from that entire area flows into instead of being able to slowly leach into the ground like it's made to do right and so it's like i i think it amazes me that people are sitting here always all the time like yeah no let's keep building all these you know cities and keep expanding and Mm -hmm. doing all this other stuff let's take all these other places and oh but the problem is that we're taking away the trees no the problem is that you're not letting the world exist the way that it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be because instead of everybody staying in some level of a concentrated area or spreading out into farms that you don't need a bunch of cement for Mm -hmm. we're sitting here building these big old cities and expanding them and making it so that everything is cement just because you have your little garden backyard and your big city is not going to change that your house is still built on top of a cement foundation unlike out here they paved paradise and put up a parking lot is so depressing to me you know oh yeah I'll, i'll play it for you at some point so because, I mean, it's it's a good song in that. But but just just the plants themselves for cement are nightmares. Um, cement plants account for significant percentage source of, of global pollution for sulfur dioxide, nitrogen oxide, and carbon monoxide just in their production. Not only that, but most cement can't be recycled. It doesn't get recycled. Yeah. They'll, they'll break it up in chunks and put it in rivers and put it in. Well, guess what? There's a lot of stuff that's in there that really shouldn't be in rivers, mm-hmm. you know, and then it's like, oh, I don't know what's going on in this river and why, you know, cement is horrible. But guess what they put every solar panel on? A cement slab. Guess what they put every windmill on? Every wind turbine. Guess what they put it on? Big, huge cement slab weighs more than most people's homes. Okay? So, all of these things, all of these new generators, all of these charging stations, right? All of these new things that we're building that are quote-unquote environmental. And people are like, oh, well, oil's like... Yeah, but, but you know what? Do you know how much... Do you know what cement slab you have to put down when you, when you make an oil rig? You don't. <laughs> you none? Know, no. <laughs> we pass by them all the time out here. Yeah, no. They're they're on the ground. They 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 suck out the oil from that 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 hole that they have it out of, that well that they have, and then they pack everything up and they move on, move on. Majority of the majority of everything is good. You know what the dirtiest thing is? The dirtiest thing that comes out of uh oil oil drilling mm. is is dirty water. It's sand. And you, and you know what you do with that? Mm. You heat it up. You're good. The oil and the water separate, and you can oil and water can be separated, so it's nice and easy, and they can reclaim, and then they use the sand again, and they'll use it again and again and again and again. So it's not like they're just out there just shoveling a bunch of sand out and be like, "Ha, we got a bunch of sand." Or no, it's 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 a pretty closed system, and it's a pretty cost efficient uh, if the uh, cost effective system because that's a lot of money, and you know, oil barons don't become oil barons by letting money soak away and so they don't and so they take care of it and so it's like but yeah but cement cement is horrible a significant source i mean even you know the epa i what was it let me let me look i think it's 11 one two 11 lawsuits since since uh, 2008 uh, for massive epa violations against the cement industry you know how many massive violations and lawsuits there have, there have been against the oil industry in the, in that same time since 2008? Mm. Two. Not surprised. Mm-hmm. So, and you know, for a heavily more regulated, more scrutinized industry. So, but I don't want to leave us on that. So I'm absolutely going to leave us on something here. So we have a metal detector. I don't know where it is. I'm hoping it didn't stay in Sacramento. If it did, if if it did, I'm going to go buy an $80 metal detector. I'm just letting you know. I'm going to go buy a cheapy metal detector. And you know why? Mm-hmm. Because an amateur gold hunter in Australia found a gold nugget. Guess how much it was worth? One nugget. I don't know. $160,000. One day with a cheapy little... Um, with a cheapy little metal detector and a shovel. 
found literally, and the the gentleman, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't not identifying who he is, which I don't blame him, right? And yeah. he's not identifying exactly where he was. Again, don't blame him. <laughs> but it was an Australian man using a budget a budget metal detector has hit a score of a lifetime, a giant gold nugget worth over a hundred and sixty thousand dollars. He made the life-changing discovery in the southern state of Victoria, the world's largest gold where the world's largest gold nugget prior was discovered in 1869. He was using a MineLab Equinox uh, which you can get them used for a couple hundred bucks and a metal detector and which is a budget model. Yeah, okay. And, and when it hovered over the rock, the mystery man then pulled a nugget up that weighed a total of 143 ounces with 83 ounces of that being gold. Now, I want you to understand, okay, with with that, because it's called load gold, meaning it's throughout rock, mm -hmm. it's actually worth more than just the per ounce weight of that gold. So that nugget's going to go to auction, more than likely. And that nugget is probably going to be over a million dollars. That's crazy. Okay, because load gold is it's beautiful it's if you've ever seen it it's generally it's quartz because quartz has a lower melting temperature than iron that's surrounding it and everything all the other uh, granite and rock that's around it so the gold will go through the quartz and the picture of this is beautiful it's the gold went through the quartz and every part of it so it's there and so because of that people not don't just get it because of the value of the gold but they get it because of you know it's it's beautiful as well so <laughs> So this guy literally found a nugget of a lifetime with just a metal detector. And in the same token, in Florida, um, 230 gold coins were discovered out along the beach, um, Miami-Dade area, um, by somebody who was out there with a $80 bounty hunter <laughs> metal detector. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, my gosh. You know, so and people are finding things like this on a regular basis because what's going on now is that people aren't taking lavish vacations. So they're going out with, with cheapy little things and they go to the diamond mine. We have a diamond mine, you know, that we can actually go mining at like six hours from here, right mm -hmm. up in Arkansas. Um, we, we have all these things and people are going out and they're doing these cheap things. And these are things that people haven't been doing for the last 20 years. Mm -hmm. And in 20 years, you know what happens? The world changes. It erodes things. It grows things. It pushes things up. It pushes things down. It moves things all around. That's what the planet does. It moves these things. And so people are going out there and they're finding these things. They're, they're now, there's a huge new rush of people who are finding stuff from the Civil War and World War II and all of these things. And they're like, what the heck? These magnet fishermen, these guys that are out there now, the first paper was like, oh, great. You're out there catching garbage. Nope. These guys are out there. <laughs> there was a magnet fisherman who caught, uh, who caught a chest from the Civil War, opened up that chest, and aside from the fact that it's pretty amazing that paper would survive in there, um, he but he found a whole bunch of of Confederate currency, but he found coins and silver, and and they were in great shape because it looked like they were stamped, given to people or given to whoever hit it, and then they went and hit it. And the, the, what's funny about it is that the the creek that they found it in, right, the creek changed. And so the creek changes and the creek changed to eventually move over where this money box was believed to have been. And so in the last five years, it kicked this money box out into the creek. So this guy's just walking along the creek with his little metal detector. And, boop, 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 and it looked fake. It, you know, with these guys, you see them, they find it. And you're like, ah, it looks fake. But then you realize, no, the creeks, creeks move. You know, they don't stay in one spot. They move. They wiggle back and forth. That's what they do. That's what erosion does. And so, yeah. So if you're tight on money, I suggest get a cheapy metal detector. Go out. Go do some prospecting. Go go out and go have fun. If you live in California or Colorado or any of the states that where placer gold is abundant or there, go check it out because the odds are people haven't been out gold prospecting in a long time. And so, who knows? Maybe you'll be the next person that finds, you know, a $160,000 gold nugget. So, that's a life changer. And so, that's pretty awesome to think about. But with that said, thank you so much for joining us on the Afternoon Dive on the Stupid Podcast on Everything. I have been Joey. And I'm Kiki. And we just want to say peace out with your peace out. Bye.